Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Preferred Walk-Ons podcast. We are both named Michael, and after a week off for quiet reflection and <laughs> dealing with some injuries, it was it was a maintenance week for us. That's I right. Think. That's right. Definitely a maintenance week. I'm not sure that we're really in any better condition, but no, we're not. But <laughs> just uh, rusty. Now. We're back. We're back. So. Uh, this is going to be, I assume, a very basketball-centric episode. A lot of important ACC games were played this past weekend. A lot of really high-profile basketball games in general on the national stage were played. So where do you want to start? Do you want to? You're wearing a Virginia Tech shirt, by the way, which I, I knew you would do. I had this idea in my brain that you were going to do that. Yeah. It, so I had to look at it the entire episode. It felt... It felt like an opportunity that was too good to be passed up. Mm-hmm. Um, as we've mentioned before, my lovely wife attended the, what's their full name? Virginia Polytechnic, Polytechnic Institute, Institute State New University, yeah. whatever. Vippy Sue. Yeah, sure. Uh, she went to Tech. And, um, you know, I, I spend most of the year relatively ambivalent. Uh, I, you know, I pull for Tech when given the opportunity because I love her. But don't really care most of the time. And we were watching the game yesterday. Uh, uh, the game that we're referencing, obviously, uh, recording this on February 5th, uh, was the Virginia Tech-Virginia game, which um, I feel like you uh, wanted to try to wait before we got into it because you probably don't really feel much desire to talk about it. No, that's fine. I'm good. We can uh, talk about it. But uh, we were out to lunch with my parents and just kind of watching. It was sort of on the background. We weren't really like actively watching it. But as an NC State fan, right, it felt like a Virginia Tech win would, would benefit us. Obviously, then my wife's alma mater would benefit from from beating their rival in the, what do you call it, Commonwealth Clash? Is that sure? something like that? Yeah. The Smithfield Commonwealth? Well, that I think that goes on for across all sports, like over the course of the whole year. So, oh, so they okay. add points. So like yesterday's sure. game added a point for Tech. I think it's gotcha. now 5 to 1.5 for Virginia. No big deal, but go ahead. Sure. Uh, you know, whatever whatever makes you guys feel like it's, a, it's an important rivalry. But the... Uh, bacon. Yeah, bacon, man. Yeah, I just felt like, you know, why not throw on a Virginia Tech shirt uh, so that you have to be reminded through this entire podcast that your team lost to Mike Young yesterday. Uh, and Sean Padula, and just kind of... That kid bowled yesterday. Sure. Like, this is my thing with Virginia Tech, is, like, they never look like a good basketball team to me. No, I, I, I disagree with that a little bit, so... I, uh, I said look like. They are a good basketball team. I think that they offensively look like a really good team, right? You could see that. And they, they ran a lot of actions yesterday that gave UVA's defense fits. The late basket where Justin Mutz kind of caught it, like, uh, uh, post-extended and got doubled and hit him like a, hit the cutter with a pass was an amazing action to get a uh, super important bucket. Yeah, and and they shoot a lot of threes, which sometimes can be UVA's Achilles heel of teams that are really effective in that pack line defense if you can make outside shots. But... I mean, way too many breakdowns for UVA's defense, right? Like, just, you know, Justin Mutz had a great game. Padula had a great game. And they really didn't have an answer for either one of them. Every time it looked like UVA was going to make a run and started getting things going offensively, Tech would hit a big shot mm-hmm. and go on a run of their own. So, you know, I think I think Tech is better than their record shows. That's oh, I a, agree with that's that. A, that's a thing that... <laughs> 
teams that lose say right yeah. but you know like they their statistics look a lot better they have so many very very close losses and, and you know obviously it's a disappointing loss mm-hmm. right but at the same time it's not the most surprising loss for uva right they've struggled the last couple years at castle castle chaos castle is that what they call it that's what there? i'm calling it i decided okay. that yesterday right. you i mean, don't know like, you know like iowa state has hilton magic and it feels like Castle Coliseum is one of those like weird arenas that like it is weird. Weird things it's happen dark. there. It's dark. The students are like fifty feet up from the floor yeah. somehow. And right? you get and you just there's been there's always feel like there's strange upsets there. Not you know not that this was I think particularly strange, but you know they like beaten Duke there at times where you're just like what is going on. So I feel like Castle Chaos should be a thing. Yeah, I for me the big. The loss, I don't think, changes fundamentally anything about the season other than there was a big opportunity yesterday with Clemson losing for UVA to push themselves into first place overall in the ACC. But I don't think it changes their overall seeding, really. I mean, I still yeah. think they're kind of a 3-4 seed probably in the NCAA tournament. They are you know, they seem poised to get a bye in the first round of the ACC tournament or first two rounds, I guess, mm-hmm. based on the formula that they use now. The thing that is disappointing is how poorly their small ball lineup played, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, Ben Vanderplas has done a lot of great things for them this year. He's really opened up uh, their ability to be better offensively. He got pushed around. Mutz pushed him around yesterday. Big old donut in the box score for Vanderplas. No yesterday. points. And the fact that Caden Shedrick didn't play at all for UVA and was available... I think is a big question mark for UVA fans now. And Caden hasn't played great lately, and kind of you know he's seen his minutes diminish because of his the fact that he's just not a great shooter. Yeah. But for Cafro to get in, Ben Vanderplas to not be contributing, and Cafro only played five minutes. Right. He didn't play a ton, but just for him for Shedrick to not even get a look is a little bit concerning from my perspective. That and that's what I take away from it. Like. Look, there's going to be an opponent that UVA needs a big, mm-hmm. right? Like, and it might be on Tuesday against mm-hmm. NC State, mm-hmm. right? Where they have DJ Burns, you know, posting up for 10 minutes at a time. <laughs> so, like, they're going to need a big physical presence. And Cafro is a little bit different than Shedrick in that way. Like, he will just body people. Mm-hmm. But the fact that Shedrick seems to have played himself completely out of the lineup, I think, is a big question mark for UVA fans right now. Is like, why? You know, was it a bad week of practice? Because it what? doesn't feel. Uh, I I haven't seen anything that's that bad. That like from him that he should be just completely out of the rotation. Yeah, I mean, he, he has a proclivity to foul. He's sure. not a shooter, but he did get some minutes even against Syracuse. Right, like you know, he got some minutes in that game several dunks on, on the back end of their 2-3 zone. So it's just, I don't know. This is, this I, it, is it's where a little I, surprising. This is where I struggle, and I think, like, like you said, we, we we talked previously about there's going to be matchups where the small ball thing may just may not be the move. And I think you're right that Tuesday against State is going to be one of those games where I don't know that you can go small. But it felt like, from what I was watching on Saturday, I don't know that it was the move on Saturday, right? Like, Vanderplas was ineffective, Right, I mean, he had five rebounds, no points. Only took four shots the whole game. So, the idea that he kind of provides you with this ability to stretch the floor, I don't know. Like he's not, 
in my eyes, he's not that much of a plus defender that it's worth having him out there at no, all no. when he's not providing offensive value. So to me, it almost feels like there's a time where as a coach you have to, even if you're not super confident that Caffaro or Shedrick give you that something that much better, at a certain point, you got to try something, right? Like when one of your guys is just kind of a non-factor in the game, you can't play four on five, right? And I, to me, I just I I would if I were a UVA fan, I would be a little frustrated to not have seen Shedrick at all, just to see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I think it was more confusing, right? I wasn't even frustrated. I was just more confused yeah. that he wouldn't have even gotten a look off the bench. It makes total sense that he wouldn't be a starter based sure, on sure, how sure. well the small ball lineup has worked. I'd want him to just get the five minutes that Caffaro got. Let right. me just see. Yeah. I, I think the other thing, that if you were to be critical about it, I mean, Ryan Dunn came in, and that's been kind of their intermediate answer, right? Where you have somebody fill mm-hmm. in for uh, as, as a forward who is able to really guard out on the perimeter, sure. but also has enough physicality to guard some people down low. Not the, sure. not the biggest. If, of if the... Ivy showed up, he's not going to be able right. to guard him. Right. But, you know, only 10 minutes for him as well. Two rebounds, two points. Didn't seem like he had much of a look there. So, I mean, Tony really shortened his bench for this game. I don't think it, I mean, obviously it didn't work, but I don't think it was the best matchup against what Tech was doing. So... Man, yeah, it's frustrating. It's a frustrating loss. I don't, again, I don't think it changes the overall trajectory of the season. It could be helpful to UVA in some ways to like refocus them. That you know, they've had some bad losses earlier in the season to Pitt, and you know, managed to go on the seven-game winning streak that they've had right now. But you know, I think it is a little concerning, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, where inability to get stops, inability to get crucial rebounds kind of backfired against a team that really needed a win. Like mm-hmm. Tech needed this win mm-hmm. if they were going to try to get into the discussion for the tournament. And so hats off to them for playing a really good game. And UVA hung around for a while, but just, you know, never able to pull ahead. Yeah. That was a big moment. We uh, almost just had a UVA fan almost criticize a coaching decision by Tony Bennett. Almost. But I think it's I think it's possible to question I mean, the thing that... Oh, I, yeah, you you question, but you won't criticize. Well, I don't know... because he's Tony. No, it's not, because I, I don't criticize because I don't see what is happening at practice. Sure. Now, Tony Elliott, I have... I can criticize right, him Right, right, right. Because you go to all the... Yeah, sure. <laughs> totally different. Because I have the, that feed into their practice. Uh-huh. No, I mean, I think, I think Tony has done a great job this year in making decisions to... Like he's he's pushed himself out of his comfort zone with this small ball lineup. Sure, it is his one of his worst defensive units in his entire time at Virginia. But the trade off offensively has worked for them in a number of games. For it in this game, I think. I mean, I think it's an open question: Was yeah. do we have the best people on the floor? I don't know. See, and this is where we've had, and we we don't need to get into this. We've had this conversation a few times before. I I just find that UVA fans seem to hold Tony Bennett on this at this like he is above reproach and not that I know that there are some that will criticize but this idea that I think like, you need to you need to be a more regular reader of the saber.com's sure uh, basketball board <laughs> sure so let me rephrase it the ones that I talk to 
so to me, even that, it's like we can we can say, hey, huge credit to Tony Bennett for going outside of his comfort zone with the small ball stuff and also say, hey, man, maybe this game, that wasn't the solution. Yeah. And that he was a little bit – it's funny because he's been – like you can't say he's stuck in his ways, right, because he clearly has, has adapted a lot this season. But now it feels like – he kind of got stuck in the thing that he has adapted to. You know what I mean? Like, he's changed his way, and now he's stuck in on that. Whereas, I just, yeah, I just feel like some size and length yesterday, like, could have really... I mean, Justin Mutz was finding passing lanes uh, uh, way too easily, and if you have some length, does that help make that a little more difficult, right? If you have some more physicality defensively at the rim, does it help? Against some of you know, like and yes, tech hit threes, and that's not going to get better if you go bigger, right? But it's not as though they like hit threes at some ridiculous clip. I mean, they shot thirty eight percent. They only hit seven threes. It's not as though they were the Golden State Warriors out there. So I, I just, I don't know. I, I look at a game like this and I see a lot of penetration to the paint. I see a lot of opportunities where kind of some length and size just maybe could have made it a little more difficult for them. And, and, and I don't know that that may not be the answer. And I haven't seen practice either. I just have a hard time with not even giving it a shot. I will say as, as disappointing as it was, there were a number of chances that UVA had and missed at the rim. Like mm-hmm. we, Armand Franklin yeah. had a dunk that missed Isaac McNeely had a dunk that was waved off for mm-hmm. uh, offensive goaltending because he yeah. hung on the rim too long. Several just are like right at the rim misses that would have made a big difference in the game. Obviously, you got to make you got to make the basket, but yeah. it just it seemed like you know it was a pretty even game, but Tech just executed better. And and Mike Young deserves credit as a coach, and I, I've heard you give him some credit before. Like he is a he is a good coach. That team. I maybe can kind of edit what I said earlier. It feels like they don't have great... They have good players. They don't have great players. And I think that team is so much better than the sum of their parts. Yeah, 100%. Um, and it, that's impressive. And he deserves credit. I mean, I, I, I kind of thought they would have a better record this year than they have. But you just never really you never really know. Um, and like you said, there's been some close losses. And yeah, it, it just... It was, impre- it was impressive from them... To, I mean, Virginia out-rebounded Tech, even with going small. You know, now, again, if you go bigger, do you expand that margin and, you know, steal some possessions? Does that help? You know, I, who knows? Yeah, I. It, it's tough for me to admit, but I actually really like Mike Young. Like, I think he is a very good coach. He had a lot of complimentary things to say about UVA and, like, obviously – as rivals, I want Tech to fail miserably. Sure, but at sure. the same time, like I think he's a really good coach. And for me, for the question mark on him was always like he was able to pull so many of his Wofford yeah. pipeline players yeah. in and it fit really well. Like what is his long term recruiting gonna yeah. look like? Yeah. And I think he's done a decent job of getting people I mean, Tech is not a basketball powerhouse, no. right? They don't have a history of being some amazing program that he's gonna bring it back to. So I mean, it's a challenging place to recruit, and he's done a good job of getting quality players, not five-star players, but quality players into that program. So he deserves credit. 
It's going to be interesting, right? Like next year, you lose Basile, you lose Couture, you lose Mutz. Like, it will be an interesting. All you got left is Sean Padula, basically, in terms of like major, major contributors from this year. So, yeah, the recruiting, like long term, I, I just, that's going to be tough. I was able to practice my New Year's resolution of not being upset. I was like frustrated for like three minutes after the game. Yeah, I had like no angry texts from you. No, I got several texts from your wife. I know who she doesn't was... who doesn't text me ever, but decided it was a good time to. Yeah. She know, worried that she sent new phone. Who dis? Yeah, because because <laughs> I know she sent the uh, hokey bird gift, yeah. whatever. Uh, and she, and then like right after that, UVA had like a little mini run mm-hmm. and got it down to like three. I, think. I had several texts pre-prepared mm-hmm. in my mind. To send she was back worried. To her. She said, that I, I think I may have sent this to McGraw a little early. And I, I just kind of let it roll. You know, I don't want to get between you two. That's uh, fine. <laughs> hey, if this, if this helps them get a, you know, a host, a home game in the NIT, I think that's sure. great. I think it's great. Good for them. It'll be which, a great which honestly, in the NIT. Which honestly seems like that is the path, right? Like, I, I don't know that this is a tournament team. You know, I saw something online, and again, I think a lot of their underlying statistics look better than what their record is. Uh-huh. So it wouldn't surprise me if they went on a run here and make the tournament. Sure. But I saw a couple of things after the game that were like, Tech is now primed to be in the tournament, and they're still 0-7 in true road games. Yeah, right? like I, if you go outside Castle, they have yet to win an actual road game this year. Yeah, I, I mean, mean at this moment, they are not a tournament team. They gotta win. They gotta win some more. To me, they're like not still even, a month left, but for sure. But at this moment, like they're not even on the bubble. Like they have a losing record in the conference. Like they're not that far over five hundred overall. Like it's a it's a tough because there aren't as many dominant teams. It's a tough field this year. Like, there's a lot of teams who have pretty decent records. And I look at it right now, and and this can kind of serve as a segue, I guess. But, like, as good as State has been playing, they're probably still just like an eight seed. Mm. So, Tech's resume is nowhere near as good as State's is. Right. You can't... Yeah, that's just not a tournament team. Were you worried at all about NC State's game against... Georgia Tech. Where oh, it, was, it was close for a I long time. I was very, very time. worried. I was worried before the game started. I was worried because Georgia Tech just lost to Louisville, and like we, you know, we've been saying it. Somebody's going to lose to them, and of course, it had to be Josh Pastner. I mean, that, that that Georgia Tech team is really bad too. How does he still have a job at this point? I, I how, did, how did that Louisville loss? Not... The face shield protects. Him. <laughs> he holds up. He holds up a number <laughs> from this a, a laminated number on the sidelines. Like, don't fire me. <laughs> I guess we shouldn't. Yeah, I'm really not sure, but he's hanging in there. It's because Georgia Tech hangs in there, right? I feel like there's always this feeling. Plus, you know, the run with Alvarado and them to win the ACC tournament, that I feel like that bought him time. But, yeah, I was worried. I felt like this is a Georgia Tech, a Georgia Tech team that is going to – they're always scrappy. It feels like State always struggles with them, whether it's there or in Raleigh. They just lost to Louisville, so you got to think they're coming out swinging – as a state fan, it feels as we're kind of in this like things have been too good to be true lately, right? Where I mean, they've won eight of their last nine. The one loss was to Carolina in that game that we talked about, where officiating was questionable. I mean, this team is one of the hottest teams around, and 
that just doesn't feel right. <laughs> and so, yeah, that first half where I think at halftime, Terquavion Smith and Jarkel Joyner, our two top scorers, had combined for six points. And it was like, this can't, you know, this can't happen. This is a, a recipe for disaster. But the team found a way. And, and that's the thing that is exciting about this NC State team for, for me is that it is not just Terquavion. It's not just star. Like, like, they find ways to win. They've had to win in games in multiple different ways. DJ Burns has stepped up in games. We've had role players step up and make big shots and rebound. And, and Greg Gant has been a really big role player as a defender and rebounder who doesn't really do anything offensively, but doesn't need to with, with, with what you have. Casey Morsell obviously becoming just who? an absolutely sharp, absolutely efficient sharpshooter, lockdown defender on the perimeter. Good thing there's no teams around here that could use that. It's just big. And and yeah, you're not gonna they're not all gonna be pretty, right? So you've got recently had to squeak by in some games. You know, barely got by Notre Dame, barely got by Wake Forest, uh, blew the doors off of Florida State, but then escaped Georgia Tech. Like, it's tough, right? But a team is building confidence. They're one game out of first place. Massive, massive showdown on Tuesday at JPJ. Like, that's a big game for both teams, I think. Yeah, I think it is, too. And I think that and, and UVA has struggled a little bit with NC State's style of play and pressing. And, yeah. and and I think this year with DJ Burns being the physical presence that he is, I think that will certainly be a test to see what UVA does. How are you feeling about that game? Like, how do you, are you going in with confidence? Are you feeling chesty? What's, what's, your, what's your mood? Sure. I want to call it nervous confidence. Okay. I um, for a little while I was kind of like, like when Virginia started going small and looking ahead. I was thinking like, ooh, this could equip them better to deal with the press and the up tempo style, and this maybe doesn't bode well for us. And then DJ Burns recently has been so good that now it's kind of like, well, wait a second, we have another thing to throw at you, and. You've got, like, I don't know if Mahorchich, our, our big who transferred in from Utah, who's been out for a little while, they keep, like, teasing that he's really close to coming back. Um, Jack Clark, who's sort of our um, Dunn equivalent, is has been, he was in uniform. I don't, I don't think he played the other day, but he's, you know, kind of been coming back. So we've got some guys who are working their way back from injury. There still is the long-awaited debut of Isaiah Miranda, the freshman who came in halfway through the year that's kind of like, you know, they're just kind of assuming it's taking some time to get him ready, but there could be a game where he steps in. There's just reason to feel super optimistic. I'm confident. If it were in Raleigh, I would feel super confident. Going to JPJ is a little tougher. Now, it's a 9 o'clock game on a Tuesday. I I don't think it projects out to be like, like, no offense, but... It's not the hardest road environment that there is. Um, I guess we'll see. Yeah, it could be good. Could be great. I don't know. I wonder about UVA coming off of the tech loss. What does that look like? Are they pumped up? Are they like? It's not as if State is an opponent that I feel like UVA fans get up for. So um, we'll kind of see. But I, it's it's a huge, huge game with huge implications for uh, tournament projections and ACC standings and just general like momentum going forward um so i'm i'm really excited about it i think it's it's a massive opportunity for this team that's kind of my prevailing emotion is just excitement and it's a little little bit of nervousness but i think it's i think it's huge 
one thing for me as a coach, yeah, I I'm looking forward to this matchup. One, it's a kind of a contrast of styles. NC State wants a lot of possessions. UVA much slower adjusted tempo. But the thing that I like about both teams is they are they don't turn the ball over. Yeah, right. Like NC State's ranked second in the country in turnover percentage. UVA is ninth. Mm-hmm. Right. These are two teams that share the basketball. Don't turn it over. Obviously, NC State wants to play really fast and press and get a lot of possessions and fly. I wonder, NC State could easily win the game, but I I don't think that they will be able to get that against UVA. No, UVA sure. isn't going to send people back defensive balance and not allow NC State to run and fly and whatever. Yeah, They could still win the game, but I... I, I I appreciate that about both schools because I sometimes you watch games and it's like they don't care what happens they just like turn right. the ball over or whatever fine right. we'll get it back and that was 10 kind of seconds. that was kind of the Florida State game for us right was like Florida State isn't really taking care of it so we were able to jump out on them yeah I, and that's true it's 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 never as easy as you'd like it to be I, I don't like, I don't think we're if State wins this game it's not going to be easy at all it's going to be a tough it's going to be a fight I wonder if UVA can can contain like, like it's just defensive it's crazy to think about this with a UVA team I just don't know if defensively if they can do it I just don't know if they can contain Terquavion and Jarkel Joyner while also keeping DJ Burns from destroying them inside like that just feels like that's a lot that's mm-hmm. a lot like you're talking about with Terquavion Smith like right now has to be the favorite for conference player of the year probably right like he's averaging almost 20 points a game on a good team he just had 32 against Florida State. Like he's capable of stuff like that. If he explodes a couple more times, it seems obvious to me. But I'm obviously biased. Yeah, it's just it, to me, it's it's a good matchup. It's an interesting matchup to see, like kind of a clash of styles. What does this look like? I mean, it'll answer a lot of questions for both teams too. Yeah, the fact that Ken Palm has this as a 73-66 win for UVA with a 74 percent, like that seems too high. Like 74 percent seems too high to me. As like Virginia's winning percentage, sure. I I think it's a lot closer than that. Well, I, I would not think, be surprised if it went down the last couple possessions. Oh yeah, and I think if the score is that high, I feel pretty decent as first date. Like I I think I mean that 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 is fairly low for us. Um, but if it's we get it up into that range, like when, when we're you're asking UVA to score up in the seventies. It just feels like that bodes well for us. But, I mean, recently UVA has been scoring more. Probably coincides with more small ball stuff. But, again, you go too small and we have size inside. So, yeah, I just... There's obviously a lot of really big games this week. But, to me, this is obviously the biggest one for for just personally. Yeah, it's a a big three-game stretch for UVA where they play this Virginia Tech team. They play NC State. Probably a tournament team at this point, and then Duke on yeah. Saturday, right? So uh, motivations to get better after a loss, but also not looking ahead to mm-hmm. a big Duke game where you know ticket sales are through the roof, right? Yeah. Definitely the Tuesday night 9 p.m. game is a lot less in demand mm-hmm. than the Duke game. Well, for sure. Yeah, we. Um, it's an interesting thing. We're kind of on the on a weirder spot of that where we have the the UVA game and then we go to Boston College and Syracuse, which, like, I, I never overlook either of those teams because who knows, right? But you have Carolina after that. So 
get this little run of like Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Carolina the following Sunday, you kind of hope you can put yourself in a position where you take care of business. Like if you're able to go in there, steal one from Virginia, and then you're probably favored against Boston College, you should be favored against Boston College and Syracuse, then maybe you have a chance to go to go get a home game against Carolina where maybe you've won, you know, 10, 11 of your last 12. Ooh. 1983, it feels familiar. I'm just saying. Man. Hey, this is supposed to be fun. Optimism is good. Okay. Speaking, sure. speaking of optimism, yeah, I think we should segue this. You just queued it up for me. My coach speak of Let's the week. Let's do it. Yes. Let's go. Interlude music right yeah, here that we still haven't gotten yet. I know. We got to work on that. Um, it's on my to-do list. Uh, your, this week, our coach speak of the week comes from... Your boy, Jim Beheim. All right. Following a huge win against Boston College, putting his team at 14 and 10, clearly, <laughs> clearly getting primed for a tournament run. Uh huh. This is what Jim Beheim had to say. A couple of things. Number one, talking about his possible retirement. Mm-hmm. 95% of Syracuse people want me to coach. Why wouldn't they? I know it's my choice. I can do whatever I want. I just don't know for sure. Question. Do 95% of Syracuse fans want Jim Beheim still there? No, I don't think so. That seems high. So here's seems what like I, a high percentage. It feels very high. I, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find many Dude. fan bases at all that 95% of them want their current coach to still be there. Yeah, I don't think UVA like, who would, would qualify that. for that? I don't even think UVA. I know I know UVA all the stuff about be... UVA won't criticize Tony Bennett. I think the, I think I could get 6% of people. So that's what I'm saying. Like, like I think UVA would be one of the closest ones in the country and would you wouldn't have it, right? Like you just that's such a high <laughs> that's so wild to me that this guy would actually think like I'm just looking I'm literally just looking at the AP Top 25 right now, thinking through. These are teams, what ranking is Syracuse? These are teams that <laughs> are they in the others receiving votes? No, they no. aren't. Oh, they sure mm. aren't. Weird. So I'm just like looking through. These are teams who are obviously having success right now. And I'm thinking like how many of them, how many of them would actually look at this and say 95% of their fan base want their current coach to stay, like you know, regardless of anything else. So. You've got like uh, I don't even know Kansas Bill Self probably he's probably 90, yeah probably probably ninety five. I mean they won the championship last year, so he's so got he's, a little a good bit time. of goodwill. You got to think uh, Baylor, right? Like Scott Drew is probably yeah. safe. Okay, Gonzaga, Mark Few, like like I don't know. I feel like there have to be six percent of Gonzaga fans who are like. You know, but I don't we haven't so. won the big one, and let's bring John Stockton in. He'll fix it. <laughs> I don't think so because like. Gonzaga fans aren't like Alabama or Texas fans where they're spoiled by historical athletic success. Like Gonzaga, I still think is just happy to be there. Like, have you ever met Gonzaga fan in the wild? I've met one. And I mean, like, not just, I I hope they do well, but an actual, like, alum who, yeah. Okay. I, a, um, at my new teacher orientation when I started my career in Charlotte. I met a uh, she had a teacher who had graduated from Gonzaga, and I feel I you know based on my twenty minute conversation with her Max, I feel that she would love to give Mark Few a lifetime contract. Okay, 
But 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 like speaking of like lifetime contracts, like John Calipari has a lifetime contract, and there's no way 95 percent of Kentucky fans. No, want they were him. talking about getting rid of him this year. Yeah, earlier this year. Like I, I just I'm looking down this list of just teams that are doing well right now, and and outside of the few that we mentioned, I I just can't imagine maybe Kelvin Sampson at Houston. Yeah, he probably probably has that. Okay, but we can agree that Jim Beheim doesn't have nine. No, Jim Beheim doesn't have. Maybe, 45%. Maybe, maybe at his bingo club, 95% of people. I would argue the majority of Syracuse fans probably want Jim Beheim to retire. Probably, yeah. That's I kind of feel like it's 50 That's why the question was asked in the press conference. Right. There's a reason this is coming up, Jimmy. They want you gone. So here's the uh, here's the second part of the quote. Though. Sure. So we can, ag- we can agree that Jim Beheim maybe doesn't have the support he thinks he has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's he's got to give up the keys. He's talking about the state of college basketball generally. He says, quote, Oh, I did see this. This is an awful place we're in in college basketball. Pittsburgh bought a team. Okay, fine. I'm going to I'm gonna pause right here. <laughs> Pittsburgh bought a team? Pittsburgh, yeah, man. All that, that <laughs> NIL money Pittsburgh used to buy up that team? I mean, Pittsburgh's having a better year than expected. Okay. They bought a team? Yeah, man. Okay. Back to Jim Beheim. Sure. My big donor talks about it, but he doesn't give anyone any money. Nothing. Not one guy. I'd like to pause here again. This is a guy who's a billionaire. They're talking about Adam Weitzman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who pays to have people like Jalen Hurts as recently as this week sit front row. Yeah. He's not paying anyone? No, man. They They do things the right way at Syracuse. Okay. They're not buying teams. Okay. Our guys make like $20,000. Wake Forest bought a team. Miami bought a team. It's like, really? This is where we are? That's really where we are. And it's only going to get worse. He also went on to say that it's the reason that Coach K retired. Yeah. Was I like NIL that part. I like stuff. that part. So, Okay. Miami bought a team. Sure, honestly, like okay, that there's might be. A, there's the, at least some receipts for that. That's the only thing he said that I'm like, sure, yes. There's some heavy nil stuff. If you want to call that buying a team, like fine, I guess. Wake bought a team. Wait, Steve Forbes. Steve Forbes, who who immediate, immediately responded, "quote He's wrong. He's one thousand percent wrong. I don't have one player on my team that got NIL to come here. That's a fact. I've never had a player come here for NIL." To which Jim Mayheim had to apologize and say, "Maybe he shouldn't have lumped Pittsburgh and Wake Forest in with Miami because he didn't have any evidence of it." Right. No, I mean this is the thing, and we've talked about this before with the whole NIL deal. Is like my. My least favorite part of this being part of the, the, the climate is that now it gives something that is, it's, it's open air, which feels good, but the fact that like now coaches are just going to do this, right? So what's his face? Narduzzi saying in, in football that teams were offering Drake May whatever millions of dollars to play for them with no evidence behind it. So now we have Jim Beheim in basketball saying, oh, these teams that are better than my team, but I just don't think they should be, Wake and Pitt and Miami, they bought their team. Like, shut up, Jim. Like, can we just admit that your team's not that good because 
You're losing it. You're 78, and people maybe don't want to come play a two-three zone if they want to translate their right. skills to the pros. And they've and they've kind of figured. And other teams have sort of figured it out by like, on some level. Right. So they had. It's funny. You actually think about it, and I saw some discussion on Twitter about this quote when Syracuse kind of first moved to the ACC, and like they had some success in the ACC, plenty of it, in those first several years. But now you're playing these teams twice a year, and they're like, okay, yeah, you start to figure it out. Like, you start to figure out, here's, it is a different game, because they play zone the whole game, and it's a, you know, it's not totally a conventional 2-3 zone, although it's, it, it, I don't know, it's it, it's lost some of its mystique for me over the years as I've learned more about basketball and just watched it more, and just like, I, it, it's, it's not that great, but I, I just think that this is a bitter old man who's upset that that there are teams that he feels should be inferior to his team and coaches that he feels are inferior to him who are having more success. So therefore they bought their teams. Hey Jim, follow up question. How much did Carmelo Anthony cost? How much did Derek Coleman cost in the nineties? You're gonna tell me this guy's never bought a team? What's interesting about this to me is a couple of things. Number one Everything that Jim Beheim is alleging is true or not true as it is, is legal. <laughs> true, yes. So yes. what he's saying yes. is <laughs> my school isn't as attractive from an NIL perspective as Pitt or Wake Forest. Is what, yeah. he's, is what he's globally yeah. saying right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a bad pitch to possible <laughs> high school kids. It's pretty, pretty bad. But it's also really hypocritical when you're... Top guy Wiseman mm-hmm. is a conv- he's a convicted felon who has a billion dollars and offered to pay football and basketball players who are five stars to come to Syracuse yeah. one million dollars to work for him if they were to commit to Syracuse yeah, and brings rappers and Jalen Hurts and whoever to sit That's front okay. row. That's okay because it's Syracuse. Is th- if there is ever a don't New throw York stones team. in a glass house situation, this is it, man. Like, what are you do? What are you talking about? It's bad. It it is. Um, I just I I look at it and I feel that again, he's bitter that his team isn't very good. They haven't really attracted a ton of prominent recruits in recent years. It's the program is losing its lo- like honestly think about the teams that at one point in the last twenty years we'll say could be part of a conversation where you're trying to figure who are the like blue bloods in basketball who are the elite programs Syracuse has been in that conversation at times in the last 20, 30 years mm-hmm. of this is a truly elite program maybe blue blood is too far but an elite program with sustained success. And of those programs, which ones have had the most consistent decline recently and have fallen the furthest? It's got to be Syracuse. Like the other programs that had all that success in the 2000s and stuff, I mean, you could talk about like Ohio State, like, but they weren't, it wasn't sustained. They had a little run. There was actually a, a Florida I have, had a little run. I have to run. find this on Twitter, but there's, I sent this to Jillian. There is a, there's a, a map of Syracuse's and Georgetown's record over the last 40 years, and it literally almost mirrors each other. Interesting. Like, they literally wins and losses, like... <laughs> and I was going to say, Georgetown probably is the other one. Right. 
that at one point was an elite program and now just like they've fallen further. But other than that, like I, I just I don't know. I, Jim Beheim had his time in the sun, and I, I just feel like it's over. And I have no patience for coaches throwing allegations out at other programs with no evidence. And especially when there's a feeling that their own program probably hasn't been the cleanest. Right. Like, either way, I, I think it's kind of bullshit. Like, I'm sorry, just don't be a snitch. Like, unless, again, if you have evidence and you know it's adversely affecting the sport and you know of a thing and you have the receipts to back it up, fine. But just out here, like, throwing allegations around because you're upset that your team isn't good, I, I just... I have no patience for that. When do you think we will be so comfortable as a society where, so like the Nick Saban back and forth with Jimbo Fisher. Sure. Where Jimbo came out and was outraged. Like, I never bought a player. When do you think we will get the first instance of a coach just being like, well, yeah, I mean, we're a really good school. You should come here. Yeah. We got, look look at what I got here. Yeah, yeah. I got this bag with a dollar sign on it. Like, if I were Jim Laranaga, I would just be like, I bought a team. Well, okay. I, I would argue Miami football is the closest to that right now. But, but I I feel like they would still, Cristobal would still be like, mm, uh, we have standards. Oh, sure, sure, sure. So you're thinking, like, blatantly just like, yeah, I will pay you. No, De- I don't Dion. Even, you don't even have to say that. You could just say, like, when somebody accused them of buying players, just be like, sure. Okay. But, but it, yes, I think Thanks for doing the, the pitch for me. I honestly think we're fairly close to that on some level. I do feel like Dion is probably the answer. <laughs> yeah, because that, that is the... Because, like you said, everything he's talking about is legal. So, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, old man, I am. Like, because the rules changed. And my program adapted to the rules. So, yes, Jim Beheim, I am buying a team. And if anybody out there is interested in making a little bit of money play some basketball, and get prepped to go to the NBA, come here. That, that's the pitch. So this this comment would have cut a lot deeper, ten, not even 10 years ago, like three, two years ago. Right. Right? When these things were against the rules. Does he, maybe he doesn't realize it's, against, it's not against the rules anymore. Maybe he's senile and it's just like, he thinks. How is it that Jim Laranaga at age 73 hasn't, better so much of a better grasp of reality than sure. Jay at this point. Well, you know, I think that he he's a better person. Can I just say that? Like sure. I, I think that like the, we we're we're in a transitional phase right now, honestly, in in, in college sports where the, the landscape is changing, the rules have changed. So I don't know if there's truth to this is why coach K got out. This is why so and so like um cuz he listed multiple people, didn't he? He did he just say coach and, K? And Roy uh, Jay Wright. Jay Wright. That's right. And people have said that about Roy Williams uh, uh, and some other coaches. Maybe it is part of the reason why they finally, they decided to make that decision to retire. Jay Wright, I could see more. He's younger. Coach K was going to... Come on, he was old. He was an old guy. But like Jay Wright, I, I guess you could say it's, it's easier to make the argument that like he wanted to get away. But like Jay Wright, retirement rumors had been around before these rules changed. Transitional period. I think that we're just in a time right now where some of these older coaches who are going to struggle to adapt are going to bitch and moan, and they're going to complain, and they're going to apparently make allegations against other teams, and then they'll be gone. 
And there's going to be a new wave of coaches. And some of them are coaches who have been around, who are able to adapt. Some of them maybe even old, like Jim Laranega. But coaches who can figure this out. And then younger coaches who kind of are coming up with this being the norm and understanding how to navigate that. And it, it's it's sink or swim. When the rules change like this, the, the people who can figure it out, the people who can adapt to a new climate. It's just like anytime there's been a rule change in any of these sports. Right. They added the three-point line. Right, yeah. That's coaches a, that's who a figured that example. Coaches who could figure that out thrived. And coaches who couldn't had to retire. And you know what they did? They did the same thing. They're like, oh, we're ruining the game, adding this three-point line. We're ruining the game, allowing people to dunk the ball. We're ruining the game, allowing black kids to play. And I know that seems extreme. But honestly, like, that's what this sounds like to me with Jim Beheim. It's like, you just... You just want so badly for kids not to be able to have rights and make money and you're just against progress. Like, it's a bad look. If I'm if I'm Syracuse, this makes me want to like offer a pretty big retirement package and say, hey Jim, why don't we just move you over to Shady Acres over here and <laughs> give the job to literally anyone else? I think this is where I'm at him and I think we should move on. But yeah, this sorry. is where I'm at with Jim Beheim at this point. At seventy eight, I don't want him to retire. Like UVA has yeah. figured out how to attack Syracuse's yeah, yeah, yeah. zone, and they're getting not the best recruiting classes. Sure, I keep this, him. This, keep him. Uh, go ahead and freeze his body <laughs> and keep him for another thirty years. Let's go. Duke sixty three, Carolinas fifty seven. Just just adding that to the podcast for the record. There are no winners, but this is the preferred result on this end of the table. Oh, oh yeah, same here. Yeah, Carolina. I love the Hubert Davis stuff about like we didn't shoot enough free throws in this game. Go f- yourself, my guy. <laughs> like situational awareness. He literally said in his press conference, he was like, "We shoot 150 more free throws than anybody we play." Like he's acknowledging, right? Trying to say this is just part of their game plan, and they 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 um they only shot three free throws in this game, Carolina. Right? Imagine that. I think it's literally the number that State had in there. <laughs> like, the, the, so he's so mad. How could a team ever only have three free throws in a game? You know, we always get to the line more than this. Imagine how that feels, buddy. Like, literally, the, the, the discrepancy, that's what it was. State shot more free throws than that. They shot 12, but the discrepancy was the same because Duke only shot like 15 free throws. So, this, like, Idea. He he just seemed so baffled by the idea that one team could shoot so many more free throws than another team, and like all of Twitter, not my Twitter feed, which is mostly state people and some other people who hate Carolina just because they have morals. But people looking at this and just saying like, "Yeah, imagine that," and then look at the rest of your season. Every game has been this for you guys. So you get one game where the calls seemingly don't go your way, right? And now you're like, oh, woe is me. Like, you're the victims. And this is after they complained that the, the calls in the pit game at the end didn't go their way. That, like, R.J. Davis didn't really foul when he literally grabbed the guy with two hands. I'm just, no sympathy. No. I, like, I don't ever want Duke to do well either, but Duke Carolina, give me Duke all day. Yeah, yeah. They, I watched the game and... I will, I will say this about Jamie Lucky's crew, because there are many times where Jamie Lucky has sure. really, really tested screwed, my patience. Screwed the pooch. But he let them play. Yeah. 
And usually that benefits Carolina because they have a big in Armando Baycott who is so physical, right? But Derek Lively, that kid was up to the challenge. He had eight blocks. Jeremy Roach had an amazing game with 20 points. And they, they really kept Armando Baycott after some initial just like basic middle ball screens led to Baycott scoring. Mm-hmm. Duke really clamped down on defense and played well, even without Derek Whitehead. Like, yeah. like that is a, a really good win for Duke. It's kind of scary long term for what that probably means for their once they get to the tournament. But come on, man. Huber Davis, chill, just, chill out, man. Nobody has sympathy for you. So I, this is, I, I would just say, like, I have a couple of main takeaways from this game. One, Hubert, like, I hate to give you advice, not that you're listening. Start Puff Johnson over Nance. Like, he played so much better than Nance. God, Nance could not shoot no. the ball. Nance was one for ten from the field, oh for five. Like, this is the whole, we talked about this in the preview. Nance is not Brady Manic. He's not. So, like, you're trying to run this thing as if he is, and then the offense is the same in terms of, like, trying to have him play that role. That's not who he is. Puff Johnson needs to play more. But also, like, that's fine if you don't because I want you to be bad. So keep making bad decisions. Duke, to me, it feels like the stuff that I said in the preview episode. This is not the team that you're terrified of in November, December, but February, March, they're going to be scary. Because they're going to put it together. And defensively, they look better right now than some of the Coach K stuff. Like, just like coaching-wise, fundamentals, the way that they're playing defensively seems better than some of those recent Coach K teams. I'm not saying that, like, John Shire is a better defensive coach or whatever, but he seems to be leaning into that side of the floor right now with this team in a way that... Seems incredibly effective. Lively as a rim protector, eight blocks. Eight. Like, that's insane. <laughs> like, so you're able to funnel things to him. It's kind of like what they were able to do with Mark Williams last year. Yeah, I, I'm I'm terrified of this Duke team. I really am. Uh, I, you know, it's not a team that I think anybody is going to want to have to deal with uh, later on. I mean, we beat them, and we beat them. State beat them. <laughs> Before. Since that game, they I think that was kind of a turning point for them, right? I think like it was. That, that game was like rock bottom, and yeah. since then they've played so much better. In this game, the thing that was most striking to me was how successful Duke was in fast break. Like that's usually something that is associated with Carolina. Yeah, that's like Duke, a break, and yeah, twenty to two in fast break points. Like that's yeah crazy. That's crazy that they just would not allow Carolina to get those opportunities. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not putting him on the hot seat, but I am officially in monitoring Hubert Davis's job territory. Mm. I, like, I that's not a patient fan base. There are other factors. I don't know that we want to get into, but like, historically in college sports, historically in sports in America in general, the patience is shorter for black coaches. It just is. We've seen it time and time again, and. Like, I I just, this team is not playing the, like, they were number one preseason. They are now probably on the bubble. Like, I really think they're a bubble team at this point. I think they're better than that. Is that me hating them too much? I think they're better than that. But they're not, I mean, they are 7-5 in the conference. They're better than that, but is the resume better than that? 
Yeah, marginally. I mean, they're not that far away from a couple losses putting them on the bubble. I think they're in. So, like, you, but you look through their season and legitimately, like, what is their best win? Ohio State? Michigan? And probably Michigan at this point. Maybe NC State? Like, Michigan's just just barely over 500. Like, beating beating State, and, and again, not trying to have bias or anything, beating State might be their best win. Like, if you, uh, it feels like, hey, if you look at their resume, it's not good. Right. All of the, all of the good game. All it's the, better than Virginia Tech. It is better. Well, <laughs> they have more wins. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they don't have as many quad one wins as some of the other teams. I think they're still in at 7-5 and five in the ACC. They're right in, now. But right, you know, they. They got Clemson coming. They got Miami coming up. They got to come to NC State again. They have another UVA game, and they got the Duke rematch. It's tough. Stuff lined up. This team might miss the tournament. You know what? This team is going to miss the tournament. <laughs> I just, whatever. You got to have a hot take. Let's make the hot take. Carolina is missing the tournament. All right. You heard it here first. Is there any- Davis gets fired. <laughs> and they just decided to fold their basketball program. <laughs> <laughs> they decide that they're just going to focus on Mac Brown That's and right. his puffy shirts. That's right. And field hockey. Is there anything else nationally that you want to call out? For, what, for me, I have one thing, which is that Bill Self and Kansas, a team that I can't figure out how good they are, had their lowest... They got boat raced. They got boat raced, but also it was their lowest point total in a Big 12 game under Bill Self. 53 points against Iowa State. Yeah. I mean, to me, this Kansas team is a team that's just like, are they going to get hot in the tournament? Is Grady Dick going to get hot, basically? Is Jalen Wilson going to, like, it, that? that is what this team comes down to is, will they just peak at the right time? Because at their peak, they are one of the best teams in the country. I've decided that I think Kansas is going to lose in the second round. Yeah, they're gonna, it's possible. They're, they're going to lose a 2-10 game against, I don't even know. It doesn't matter. Carolina. <laughs> I mean, probably. Yeah, yeah. Some, something like that. If... If they don't, if they aren't peaking, then yes, that that is entirely within realm of re- this, this is why I love this season, right? Because that is just as reasonable to me as Kansas making it as a one seed and having a dominant run to a repeat national championship. To me, those two things are just as reasonable as each other, which is wild to say, right? But that, that's kind of where we're at this season. I, I totally agree, like. Right now, I lean towards that happening. But, like, if they get hot, they are very... When they're good, they are very good. We've seen it multiple times over the course of this season. So, it's just hard. They're so hard to predict. Because, like, who would think that you'd have that, like... But, again, we go back to the preview, not to, like, toot our own horn as analysts. But we said this about them, that they were going to struggle to score at times because the spacing wasn't always going to be there. Because you have literally one shooter. Now, Grady Dick is an elite shooter when he's on. But if you're not getting that from him or if the defense just kind of decides, like, okay, fine, but you're not going to get it from anybody else, then what do you do? Right. The other game that I wanted to flag, this is where I get to be a spiteful UVA fan (laughs) and just say, because I feel like I had to endure years of people saying that UVA basketball was bad for the sport. Sure. Because of their low scoring. Low scoring. Tennessee, 46. Auburn 43. Yeah. Yeah. 
Where where are the where are the rioters for that? Well, it's not liar. It's not every game for them. Forty three points. Yeah, but like, my point is there have been times in the twenty minute era where that has been like multiple games in a row for UVA. My my only point is, and this was my point that I've given many times. Sure, many this times. is this is a college basketball thing. Yeah, it is not. Just UVA. I'm not saying UVA doesn't fall susceptible to this more than some teams. Of course they do. But this is a... You turn on any college basketball team, you are destined to see at least some team just suddenly show up and shoot like two for 25 from three-point range. Look, as an NC State fan where we lost that game to Virginia Tech in 2019, it's 47 to 24. That's the worst thing I've ever seen. Yeah, that's horrific. It was an outlier. Uh, so so I, I agree with you. Listen, I am not defending the people who are all like, eh, UVA bad because defense, right? No, I'm, I, I'm with you. Like, it's not bad basketball. UVA basketball, I, on record, UVA basketball often is beautiful basketball. But the difference here is that it's a one-time thing. Because Tennessee then is going to come out and, you know, so, the, so they'll have this game, right, where they'll – win 46 uh, 43 and then they play Vanderbilt this week. They're going to go score 85 points. Like they have the top defense in the country. No, they have a Sure, but uh, they score. They have the top defense so, so so I'm looking at it right now. They had a run of three games. Mississippi State 70 to 59. 59 is re- relatively low scoring. LSU 77 to 56. Georgia 70 to 41. Like games where they're they held South Carolina to forty two, but they scored eighty five. They held Austin P. Okay, fair to forty four. They scored eighty six. Like they still usually score. When they beat Kansas, they held them to fifty, but scored sixty four. That's the difference. And, and I, I understand that. I'm not I'm defending just, the UVA haters. Saying. I'm just saying this. You can't use one outlier as like, where's the outrage? Come on. I want to I want to shout out the Auburn fans who have since the national semifinal against UVA learned about jumping into the cylinder on the last play of that game. Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah. They uh, controversial controversial play. They uh, they learned about the rule. Hey, congrats, Auburn fans! It's good. It's progress, man. Growth. That's, that's, that's all awesome. we can want. That's, that's all awesome. we can want is people to learn, right? Yeah. Yeah. Forty six, forty three is 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 ugly, but a big moment for Tennessee. You can win a game like that. Okay, hats off. That team is like that's a good that that is a damn good team. Rick, Rick Barnes, still head coach of Tennessee. Yeah, and watch him go win a national championship. That's a final. You, no, come on. No, but that's a come final. Come on, it's a final four team. That is a final four team. You don't believe that? I do. Okay, I believe in them more than I believe in Houston. Hmm, I really do. They okay. have more. They have. They've got more firepower. Okay. We may have to just shut down the podcast now that you're saying nice things about Rick Barnes. I'm not saying nice things about Rick Barnes. You think they're a Final Four team. It is a good team. He has a good team of players that he is coaching. Okay. It is not... That that is not a reflection on him as a person. Are you okay? Is this some kind of... Is this some kind of cry for help? There's a number two team in the country. It's not wild for me to say it's a Final Four team. Okay. Right. <laughs> do you have okay? So you have them in their final four. Do you have anybody else that you just feel really strongly about? Because I have one. Um, I mean, I still feel good about Purdue. Mm-hmm. Do I feel less good after that Indiana game? Right. 
that yeah. that that worries me. It's honestly hard to say. Like, is there another team that I feel super strong about? I like so to me, Tennessee is the team that I probably feel strongest about. That I think that is definitely a Final Four team. Now, the tough thing is the other team that I probably think is right there with them is in their conference, and it's Alabama. Mm. So, like, Houston's obviously going to finish the season with a great record because nobody in their conference is going to challenge them at the like consistently, right? Purdue, I think, will slip up in the Big Ten tournament. Does that, that doesn't affect their ability to make a Final Four, but it does, like, there, there, are, there are weaknesses there. No, I think Tennessee and Alabama are the two teams I feel best about right now. And a hot Kansas team. But I can't, like, put my money on a team that's so they're, – they're, they're down is down, man. So it's hard to say. Yeah, for me, it's UCLA. They, they okay. have – I haven't so, watched much UCLA. They have honestly. so many of the same players. I mean, uh, Yaquez. Uh, Love they, that guy. They just have – they have players who have experience. They are not a – young team they have a great defense but an offense that's still ranked within the top 25 of offenses in the country I, that just seems like a team that is built for march that yeah. they're going to play enough defense but still have a, they don't just have one player yeah. right like if ivy has a bad game for purdue what does it look like or your know, teams just refuse mm-hmm. to let him score 30 points I, ucla is a lot harder to guard in my opinion with Yaquez, Campbell, uh, Jalen Clark, they just they have. It was crazy how many of those guys are still there. Right. Yeah. 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 I know. I, I think that that team is. I, I like. I said. I genuinely just haven't watched them very much, which is actually usually a good indicator. I've just kind of accepted them in the background as right. like, yeah, that team is solid and they're going to be there. They're going to be part of the conversation. And you always had teams like Baylor that like you know they have talent. And the coaching is there. They've now had some March success. So, what does that look like? I, I'm I cannot stop saying that. I'm so excited for the tournament this year. I just think it's going to be bonkers. I am too. I think it's going to be great. Just uh, close to a month away from Selection Sunday. Yes, sir. So, should we move on to football? Yeah, we got a little bit of football stuff today, right? So, what I thought we could do because there's no football news necessarily, but the ACC released its schedule. Did you see the Duke videos that they put out for their schedule release? They had oh, a little No, I they, don't pay attention to Duke football. They were pretty good. Much like Duke fans. They had a whoever is running the Duke Twitter account, Bravo. Uh, sure. They had uh, sure all 15, all 15 people who saw it enjoyed it. I I recommend it to all listeners, all 15 listeners that we have. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, definitely worth seeing. So what I thought we could do here is just with the release of the ACC schedule, put together the ultimate road trip. If you were just interested in seeing ACC football, you have unlimited money. Maybe you have a private jet. Sure. In which case... Definitely email the show at preferredwalkons right. at yahoo.com. But like uh, a college game day style yeah. tour. Yeah. So what like where would you go if you could if you had your druthers of where to attend games, just ACC games. So I you want to do this like week by week? We'll each yeah, let's do we'll it week be. by week. Okay. So a couple of things that I should just put in as caveats. For uh-huh. me, I try to avoid repeat locations. So 
you know, it would be obvious to say like, oh, Clemson's going to be in a lot of big games. I'm going to go to Clemson for, you know, eight games, right? So I try to avoid that. Yeah. I put my UVA fandom to the side for this. Okay. Also, because UVA football is not going to be very good this year, I was fine. A little bit easier. Cutting them loose. Yeah, yeah. And I live in Charlottesville, so uh, Charlottesville is not one of my locations that's on here. Mm -hmm. So... Those are kind of my caveats that I put here. Yeah, I would say that I approached it a little bit differently. Okay. I didn't you put... just followed NC State around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I NC did... State, UConn, week one. <laughs> no thanks. I did not put my fandom to the side, but it was not like the only factor. I tried to avoid repeat locations. I, don't, I didn't do it entirely. I ended up with some repeat teams just because I, yeah. I basically I just looked week to week. What's the game I'm interested in, right? Like, what's the game I want to go see? With the caveat there of, obviously, that could change as we get into the season. Sure. But what's the game that right now looks to me each week involving an ACC team, like, I I just really want to go see that game. And there's different factors as to why that is. And I tried to, there's like, I would say it's a very secondary thing of locations. And what I thought was interesting, whether it's repeat or just, I want to go to this place because I've never been there. Which is why Boston College isn't on my list. But, you know, places I want to go, games I want to see. Sure. Yeah, that's that's how I followed it, too. So, week one of the season, several good games. In real life, I will be in Nashville sure. to see UVA play Tennessee. But that was not my choice here for my ultimate ACC fan. You don't think that's going to be a good game? Or... Um, you know what? It's mostly just those bachelorette parties where they're mm-hmm. on those loud uh, bikes, sure. trolleys that sure. just take up. Like, I don't want to deal with that. Okay. But I, I mean, I will be dealing with that in you September. Will be. Yeah. But the game I chose was LSU Florida State. Game of one of the games of the year last year in week one. Yeah. In Orlando, repeat LSU lost on a missed extra point. I want to see the rematch. That yeah. was just such a great game. I'll see you there. Uh, it's on my. It's on, I. It just felt like week one. There was no other real choice. North Carolina, South Carolina, and Charlotte was kind of a cool option too. That was a my little sec- appealing. That was my secondary choice. Sure, it's a little appealing just because like those two fan bases obviously are prevalent in Charlotte itself, and then they'll travel as well. So it's gonna be, it's gonna be a cool environment. There's no doubt about that. Um, I just think that I hate both of those fan bases so much that I wouldn't <laughs> want to surround myself with them. Sandstorm. Yeah. Sure. I, between the two of them, I obviously prefer South Carolina. But I just, I, I honestly, my thought process was this. Hey, that game looks interesting. Spencer Rattler is going to throw for a bunch of yards against a bad Carolina defense. And then I have to hear all those Gamecock fans talk about Spencer Rattler for Heisman. Let's go. Mm. I'm not. Sure. I'm out. Yeah. So I will be going to Orlando. You know, I've never been to Universal Studios. I haven't either. Been to Disney World. Same. A few times. So... See you at Universal, and then we'll go watch, Okay, uh, you know, the most Bayou coach that there is. <laughs> Brian Kelly. I, I think that game that game's going to be a ton of fun. Um, I've got it, got it circled as a must-watch, and in this fantasy world, we'll both be there. Okay. Who do you got for week two? Yeah, week two, I'm going with another good um, out-of-conference matchup that I think is just, uh, I'm calling this the NIL Bowl. <laughs> Texas A&M at Miami. Yeah, I'll be there too. Hell yeah. Love Miami. It's a cool city. I have enjoyed the time I've spent there in the past. You know, Coral Gables is a separate kind of deal, but the good thing is the game's not down there because their stadium 
is very far away from their campus. So you get to spend some time down there. Uh, beautiful. I mean, God, Miami weather, early September. Like, give me all of that. And just a fun game. And, and you get to kind of, like, you know, play the game of which player on the field is making the most money right now. You know, when I saw Texas A&M win in College Station 17-9 to against Miami, yeah. I thought, I want more of this. I don't think and this so, game is going to go like that at all. I think it's going to be high scoring. This will be two fan bases that are convinced that their team is going to make the playoff. So and fun, neither baby. of them will. Yeah. I'm oh, they're both absolutely. They're both going to be up. like 500. <laughs> but at the time, right? I didn't even look to see these teams' week one games. But I just feel like there's a good chance that they'll be like they'll both be one and oh, and they're like looking at this like, oh, what a what a big season for us is coming, and it's going to be maybe it will be a 17 to nine again, and we'll just get to enjoy that and the nice Miami weather. But I will not be in Blacksburg for Purdue, Virginia Tech, no, where there are people bringing uh, diagrams of bridges and showing <laughs> them off to each other as like what load could be, you know, what is the just no. <laughs> that is, uh, yeah, no, that that stuck out to me as bad. Yeah, Texas A&M plays New Mexico week one. Miami plays Miami of Ohio in the Miami Bowl. That was kind. Of, I did can briefly consider that just That's, because it's two Miamis, but yeah. that that wasn't a good enough reason to travel there. No, no. So they'll both be one and zero, and it'll be so much fun. Week three for me was the absolute easiest to pick. Backyard brawl, Pitt, West Virginia. I'll see you there. We're oh, traveling man. together. This is, this is great. I um, promise we made our list separate from each other too. Yeah, this is one of the most fun rivalries out there because it's two fan bases that hate each other's guts but have so much in common, right? Like, it's not it's not like the wine and cheese crowd versus right. the blue... No, they're all... All the collars are blue. Yeah. There are no other collars. I am so excited. I legitimately may go to this game. I mean, one of my best friends lives in Morgantown. And, okay. And, uh, there are going to be a lot of couches that are burned yeah. if West Virginia wins. I just think, like... The, uh, come on, how do you not go to this? Like, and, and like looking at the schedule, there's nothing else. I thought maybe you might go Virginia at Maryland, but then I also thought about it and was like, there's no way he'll go to Maryland. No, I've I've been to a game at Maryland I know you where <laughs> my girlfriend was spat on by yeah. Maryland fans. No, thank you. So I, I'm done with that's that. That's literally my mindset. I looked at this, I was like, oh, he's gonna go to that game because he he you know you like that rivalry in the sense that you really hate Maryland. No, thank but then you. I was just like, nah, but it's at Maryland, so there's no way. And I saw Pitt at West Virginia on here, and I was just like, man, I love this because it's a game that I could go to and objectively just enjoy the rivalry, but also, like, I don't like Pitt very much. Like, sure. So I I'm I would be fine to go and be a West Virginia fan for the day and just lean into the whole thing and just chant the eat Pitt and all this, like, oh God, come on, how much fun is that going to be? Yeah, I'm talking myself into it. I may actually let's, let's go. Let's just go. Yeah, we'll do the go. podcast let's from Morgantown. Yeah, for sure. All right, week four, which yeah. has NC State Virginia as an option. It does. I'll be there in okay. real life, and I will and, be there in real life. And but. in this exercise, I just couldn't pick something else. It's a Friday night game, which is kind of I, I kind of like. And like looking at the rest of the schedule, I didn't see anything else that jumped out to me personally. I, there's one other game that I thought about, but I was I, I, I kind of want to go to that location for a different game a little bit later on. So 
Um, we'll say Florida State Clemson because yeah. that's that's that was my pick. Yeah, yeah. That, that was right there with me. But I just I had to be true to myself and just know. Sure. I, I was looking at this and thinking like, if I could pick any of these games to go to, I'm probably still going to NC State of Virginia. Yeah, the the Brennan Armstrong revenge game, or the Robert and the I revenge Robert game. and I revenge game. Yeah, I uh, I even though I will be there, I would prefer to be in Clemson, South Carolina because. I think that'll be a really good game of two teams that are going to be favored in the ACC. But, yeah. you know, after losing that game, that I mean, that could cost one of those two teams the chance to play for, for the sure. ACC championship. So I think it's one of the bigger games in the ACC. So. I just knew I would have plenty. One of my other factors was I knew I'd have plenty of Clemson on my list later. And yeah. I just didn't like, I don't, know, I don't want to see too much of them. Sure. But so, speaking of which, that next week, week five... I'm going up to the formerly known as the Carrier Dome. Yeah, me too. Oh my I'm god! Just following Clemson, <laughs> I'm just going to follow them up there to the Carrier Dome. Yeah. So why why do you want to go there? I have a, I have a very specific reason. Yeah, Clemson has struggled in Syracuse. They've lost multiple times there, even when yeah. Syracuse is bad. Like I just feel like it's the I want to go see I want to go see Clemson lose up there. Yeah, that's that's my entire rationale. Sure. Um, yeah. I've never been up there, and uh, it's such a unique, like, legendary venue that is also kind of just, like, sort of weird at that place. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're, like, four for five and going to the yeah, same Yeah, I know. Place. This is, I mean, you know, it's the ACC. I feel like it's we're not down. like there are 20. It's not like the <laughs> SEC where every game sure. you can make an argument that is the greatest game of all time. Week six for me. We're definitely going to diverge here. Okay. For me... I'm taking, this was tough. This was one of the tougher ones. But uh-huh. I'm going to go to Louisville. Because I've seen <laughs> Notre Dame, Louisville. Okay, we're not going to diverge here. <laughs> this is wild. Ah, boy. Um, yeah. Jeff Brom returning home. <laughs> Louisville's probably going to be a little bit better. Notre Dame, what are they like? I think it's uh, I think it's a good, solid matchup between those two <laughs> I, programs. I could have sworn when I picked this one, I was like, all right, well, at least... Who did you think I was going to pick? I don't know, because this week does kind of suck. Yeah, for, it does. Like, there's not a ton of really good options. I thought like maybe Virginia Tech at Florida State to go watch the Hokies lose or something maybe might be on your list. Wake Forest at Clemson is that week. Like, maybe. I just think it's hilarious that we, we're going to the same places. <laughs> this segment maybe has <laughs> lost some of its luster, but... It's cool. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know what to expect from Notre Dame. I assume they're going to be a little bit better. Some growth uh, uh, on our new coaching staff. Louisville, I think, will be decent. We'll see, I guess. And I've, I've never been to that stadium. I've never been there. So I haven't either. I think it'd be cool. Grab some bourbon. That's right. That's right. All right, week seven. Week seven also seems a little void of good games. They only There only are five yeah. ACC games this week, so it wouldn't yeah. surprise me if we picked the same one here. Yeah, I'm going to go watch Carolina lose yep. at home to Absolutely. Miami. Yeah? Absolutely. All right. I, I just – well, and, and again, it's probably it could project out to be like a pretty good game, but I just think there's a good ch- – I, I don't like either of these fan bases really a whole lot, and this will be the second time seeing Miami, but um, I just think that – there's a good chance Carolina loses that game. And like to that point, Carolina could be relatively like they could have a decent record, but then they fall apart in that game and that's the end of it. And I love it. And I want to go watch it. Yeah. I think that would be 
a decent game. Wake at Virginia Tech was also in consideration for me, but yeah. an NC State Duke actually not like that could be a pretty intriguing game based could on be. how Elko's team has for sure done in their State first year. But, to be down a little bit, yeah. <laughs> Week eight for me because like I this was actually where I had penciled in Virginia as my watch to go see them mm. in the oldest rivalry in the South, but because I had just penciled myself in for UNC, I decided that, you know what? I'm going to go see Wake Forest. What are they about? Pitt and Wake. I'm going to go to Pitt and Wake in Winston-Salem. Yeah, why not? You know, A game that'll probably be at noon. I got at least eight reasons why not. It'll be at noon. It'll be a great tailgate. I've sure. been to games at Wake Stadium. Their fans are lovely. You know Sam Hartman transferred? Yeah, okay. no, it'll be fine. I think it'll be a competitive, probably a high-scoring game. I think it'll just be fun to watch. And also, like, I've already been to Miami, so Clemson-Miami, which was the obvious choice, I decided not to go to. So that was what I had down, Clemson-Miami. It's going to be probably a good game. We've already been to Miami. So I can't criticize your Wake Forest choice too much because I went with this next one just for diversity of location. I'm going to go see BC play Georgia Tech in Atlanta. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to go see BC and Georgia Tech in Atlanta. I just feel... Like some point on this trip, you got to go watch some bad football, and that's what I'm gonna do. This feels like the week where <laughs> you know when you're watching a show, and then there's like one episode where they're like, "Hey, let's see what the characters, you right. know, like a musical episode, yeah. or yeah, let's see what they look away. like in the 1970s or something." For sure. This is kind of what that week feels. I, like. I mean, honestly, my hope is. The, like the Panthers play the Falcons that weekend too, and I can just go make a trip out of it and go mm. see Georgia Tech. And like mm. you know, I, that's honestly when I looked at that, that was a thought process of just in this imaginary world, I would find something else to do in Atlanta. Or the reality is, it's late October and the Braves are in the postseason, and I'm I'm there. Okay, okay, you're really gonna act like the Braves haven't won five straight division titles. Week nine. Okay, who you got? Week nine, is there any question here? I told you I wasn't throwing away my fandom. I'm in Raleigh for Clemson and C State. Me too. How can you not be? Like, you got the pit barbecue, you got Bojangles, you got all the tailgating you could possibly want. Best tailgate scene in the ACC. Like, there's zero question about that. Oh, my mm. God. Take your Merlot bottles and mm. go. So I wasn't going to pick UVA, but go ahead. I mean, okay, so the only people that can contend are probably Virginia Tech. Mm. Um, I know you don't even want to give them that maybe Clemson, but not really. Florida State and no, Clemson Florida State like a so word. like spread up. No, okay. I'm going to that NC State tailgate. I'm gonna go watch the Wolfpack beat the shit out of Cade Klubnik and Davo <laughs> Sweeney, and they're on their way to. Uh, is it? Even, it's not even a division title anymore, but they're going to the AC championship game. Go, go back. This, this is the game. I think that NC State will beat Clemson. Sure. It will disrupt Clemson's national championship hopes and guarantee NC State a return trip to the Duke's Mayo Bowl. This is the what this is what the That's Duke's fine. Mayo Bowl people will see. That's and probably like, more this realistic. Is what, this probably. is what we want to uh, invest in. That's probably right for next year. It's probably more realistic. We are going to rebuild a little bit here, but it's going to be a hell of a game, and I'm going to be there. Uh, maybe in real life too. I, I honestly am kind of considering it. It's that like. Weekend right before Halloween. It's a good time to go to a football game in Raleigh, North Carolina. Sure. All right, week 10, where are you headed? So, I was just in NC State, so I can't see them play Miami again. Sure. So, instead, I'm going to go to Pitt. Pitt's okay. actually a lovely city. It's, yeah. It's fine. 
And I'm going to see Florida State because I think Florida State will actually be in contention for a top 10, maybe Mm. outside playoff team next year with how good they are. The transfer Mike Norville has there. So I think this will be a tough spot for them because this is like a primed upset position against Pat Narduzzi loves these kind of games where he's at home and he's going to be an underdog. He has a great record as an underdog. So I think that'll actually be one of the better games. The Notre Dame-Clemson game, just no thanks. I can't, no, I don't want to deal with all that fan base. Either Dude, fan that, base, no thanks. That's when I'm going down to Death Valley. Mm-hmm. I want to see this. The The tough thing is if I had gone to Clemson-Miami in week eight, this would be three straight weeks at Clemson, mm-hmm. which makes it feel like I'm like a Clemson fan almost. But the thing is, I'm obviously rooting against them in every single one of those games. Yeah, Notre Dame Clemson just feels like look. I'm not gonna lie to you and say that that environment at Death Valley is not energetic and exciting. And I feel like you put a fan base like Notre Dame down there, where you know they've got fans who are gonna be there. It's to me, it's it's gonna be an electric atmosphere. If Notre Dame is having a good season, potentially a night game, right? It could easily be a college day, game day game. Yeah, like in real life. Yeah. yeah, and I just you know it's hard to say like. There's just not a lot of other games on here that look good to me. Like, the, the other one I played with that week is the Thursday night Wake Forest at Duke game. But then I can't Wallace make Wade. Of you. Right. Like, <laughs> I'd be one of 20 people in Wallace Wade, so I could hear everything. They might have. It's, it's, but real, maybe Duke's it's having, real close to their Duke home opener, yeah. probably against like Princeton or right. something. So but maybe Duke's having like a really good season and they get a little excited. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. Maybe 100 students show up rather yeah. than 50. So that, that was on there uh, for me, but I, I still think I'm probably down in Death Valley for Notre Dame at Clemson. Sure. All right, week 11. This one was easy for me. It was easy for me, too. Uh, I don't know if we're in the same level here, but I'm going to be in Yankee Stadium. No. Oh, come oh, on. Oh, no. Where are you going? I'm going down to Tallahassee. Oh. For the, the choke at doke rematch of Miami and Florida State, the rivalry. Sure. It was under consideration, but um, in the in the choice between two Big East games, I chose the uh, <laughs> I chose the one that's gonna be in a unique venue to celebrate. You're gonna you're gonna go to Yankee Stadium yeah. November eleventh. Yeah. To celebrate the hundredth anniversary wear, of the first game I ever played at Yankee wear, Stadium. Wear a coat. Wear yeah, a I'm gonna be cold as shit. But I like cold cold football. Let's play okay. in the snow. I hope it snows. Okay. Pit Syracuse, Pit Syracuse in the snow and like a 6-3 game in Yankee Stadium. I love it. Love it. Give me a baseball score. Like, <laughs> it's going to be so good. I'm there. Because the other options, what? Like, yours is fine. Miami at Florida State projects out to probably be a pretty good game. And that's all good. But, like, Georgia Tech at Clemson's bad. Duke, Carolina, it's not basketball season quite yet. State at Wake Forest usually is a good game. I thought about that. But I felt like I didn't want to be too much of a state fan here. Sure. And nobody's going to Virginia Tech at Boston College. So uh, The Matt Ryan yeah. revenge game. Sure. Yeah, okay. So we're almost at the end here. Week 12. Uh-huh. This is where this is a game I feel like you're gonna pressure me to go to in real life, which is NC State at Tech, yeah. Virginia Tech. This is this is where I had to diverge from real life because okay. real life I'm probably at that game, depending on how things are going. If State's having a disappointing year, maybe not. <laughs> I don't know if I can handle Blacksburg yelling at me, shaking their keys in my face. But 
but but it's possible that I'll yeah since we went to the game this past year in Raleigh it feels like we have to go in Blacksburg to be fair but no I'm uh, I'm there for the Sam Hartman Bowl I'm gonna see Notre Dame again and I'm gonna go there I've never been there um, you've been to that state you've been to a game there right mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so I've never done it feels like a place you got to go at some point as a sports fan probably. I think you were kind of disappointed by it, if I remember correctly. But it's it's a great stadium. It's yeah. nice. Uh, South Bend itself is there's not a lot going on, sure. so you kind of have to like make other plans. It's not as loud as other mm. stadiums, mm. like traditional amazing stadiums. It's just not as loud. Yeah, like I've been to games at Alabama where it was like sure. deafeningly loud totally the whole game. It's game, just yeah. a different environment, but still a nice place to watch a game. It just feels like with Sam Hartman at Notre Dame now, like. That has an extra layer of fun to it, and um, nobody likes Notre Dame. And my mom went to Wake Forest, so I can go be a Deacons fan, and you know, hope that they win that game out there. But enjoy touchdown Jesus and all the the lore. It'll be sure. good. Sure. Shout out to North Alabama for playing Florida State this week. <laughs> yeah. That's where my grandparents went to oh. their alma mater. Oh, well, hope yeah. hope that game goes well for them. Yeah, I'm sure it will. <laughs> All right, last week of the year. Sure. Rivalry weekend. <laughs> yeah. I've got Clemson, South Carolina. I want yeah. to see Spencer Radler. This is where Sandstorm, this is what I want to see at Listen, the end of the season. Uh, Clemson, South Carolina at South Carolina is a wild place to be, and you're going to have a blast. I understand, totally understand you not wanting to be in Charlottesville this weekend. Sure. Uh, not that Virginia Tech is like a powerhouse at this point, but uh, it doesn't project out to be a great week probably for for Wahoo fans. Again, couldn't put my fandom aside. I'm in Raleigh. Carolina at NC State. There is nothing, nothing better than beating the Tar Holes in Raleigh. Like, it's just so much fun. Because, you know, a decent amount of them show up. They think they have a chance, and they just don't. Like, historically, you look at the last 10, 15 years or so, they don't do well. So, I'm going to be in there for that one for sure. That, that probably in real life too. But uh, it does kill me that it's not on the Friday. So, now that now the Virginia Tech-Virginia game and NC State-Carolina are on the same day, can't do both of them. Can't go to both. And that was... Sort of going to be the real life plan, but now that is thrown aside, you know, if 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 my wife is upset that we can't choose between the two of them, maybe we'll just all go to Clemson, South Carolina. <laughs> Split the difference. We could go to Gainesville and see Florida State, Florida. That's this right. is a game that I grew up watching because, like, when, when I was growing up, both that was the Steve Spurrier, Bobby yeah. Bowden era, those games were always great. So I have this, like, even though I have no connection to either school, sure. I have a little bit of uh, reverence for that rivalry. Yeah, it's kind of like the Iron Bowl, like, when you don't have a connection mm-hmm. to that, but you want to mm-hmm. watch it. Like, same deal. Yeah, fun times. Uh, I, I Look, I'm happy with my trip, but also understand that in real life I would be adjusting this, right? You find sure. out that... Boston ter- College is 8-0. Sure, and you're like, oh, going I, up there. I gotta go to that for sure. Yeah, I, well, call me when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, a fun season to be had. Obviously, we'll have a lot of time to discuss. But for now, we will log off in this episode. If you have any comments, questions, ideas for segments, or hate mail, you can email the show at preferredwalkons at yahoo.com. 
You can also reach us now on social media. Yeah, don't let the yahoo.com email address fool you. We are in the 21st century. We're on Instagram and Twitter at PWOPod. It, uh, some things were taken. <laughs> so uh, both both Twitter and Instagram at PWOPod. Not super active yet. We just got them up and running. But uh, with this episode coming out, we'll have some things up there some opportunities to engage. I'm really excited about some ideas for future episodes we have coming up too. Yes, exactly. Same with me. And of course, if you like the show, you can subscribe, which many of you are doing. Shout out to our new listener from uh, Pakistan. Oh, ew. Love it. Uh, Whoever you are, thanks for listening. But yeah, thank you. You can subscribe (laughs) and like, and if you care to, leave us a review.